You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim live in Green Bay. Jacob, how was your day, bub? It was a good day. It was a it was a rough day, but um, it's a day that exists after a Packers win, so it's a good day. It's a good day. There you go, Tim. How was yours up there, man? What's the weather like in Green Bay? Little chipper. It was. It's a good day up here too. Little chipper in Green Bay, but uh, beautiful nonetheless. It's fall. Fall is here right away. Um, not a surprise. <laughs> you got any uh, leaves turning yet? Uh, they're falling. I don't see a, too much color up by us just yet, but they're starting to fall a little. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nothing better than the fall, dude. Nothing better. All right, let's go to the chat real quick. We got everybody in the house here, man. Zane Strong. We got. United Bates, Grooney. I've never seen, I don't think I've seen Grooney in here before. I don't believe we got Mano. Um, we got Daniel in the chat said Jacob's playing me this week in the Superflex. He's going down this week. Yo, said, I lost. Get of used course. to it. Roadhouse. Of course, the only league that I lose in out of all my leagues is the one that I promoted, the extreme <laughs> lead. And I lost, I think I lost by like 12 points. It, it wasn't great, but. Uh, of course, that's how it happens. <laughs> Definitely, we got them arguing in over here, over here in the uh, in the chat for the first like. Daniel said he got the first like. Mano said, "Not so fast, my friend." I got it <laughs> Ten minutes ago, Daniel says, "Damn." <laughs> Let's see here. We got SoPro in the house. We got Doug, member of the PTA Posse, Elevated Shine in the house, member of the PTA Posse. Uh, greetings, fellas from Shaw. 
Fall is the best season. You're exactly correct, United Bates. And then, of course, Cheesehead Murph. Murph. Um, we got, yeah, Cheesehead Murph and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Sutherland. They're the, uh, the two founding members of the PTA posse. They're like the president and vice president, right? Um, love it. Absolutely love it. All right, yeah. Cheesehead Murph gets right to the real stuff here. He says, well, <laughs> I guess we aren't 65ers. I'm hurt that Aaron – Got hurt. Well, I'll tell you this, guys. People have already been asking me. Well, I guess we can't play that soundbite anymore, right? Wrong. Sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent. Get used to it, boys. I make the rules around here, and we're playing it all year long. It's going <laughs> to happen, all right. And even when it doesn't even even apply, we're going to be playing it. So, um, all right, let's get right into the show. And uh, we got a little bit of news, gang. And obviously, the the big headline today is uh, Aaron Rodgers' injury, right? We talked about it a little bit last night. We kind of were on the air as it happened in real time. And uh, it has been confirmed that he tore his Achilles, so he is out for the year. Obviously, that means that we're going to have a second-round pick in that trade. And I don't want to come across as insensitive or anything and just say, oh, it's just about the trade compensation. I hate it for Aaron. I really do. Um, I got to be real with you guys. When I seen him run out of the tunnel with that American flag on 9-11, fired me up. It was just like – that is a cool moment, right? And and here's the reason it's a cool moment for me, even as a Packers fan. Guys, we made our decision. I, I'm, I'm in the camp that we were the one who made the decision that we do not want Aaron Rodgers anymore. I think that happened this offseason. I think Goody's comments were straight freaking forward. He did all the exit interviews, him and Matt, and it sounded like the team, the majority of the team, felt like they needed to move forward without Aaron Rodgers because Goody basically said that. He got input, right? So there's no hard feelings I have towards Aaron. There's no hard feelings I have towards Goody. I'm not one of these guys that's going to follow Aaron to the Jets, but I just hate to see it happen because you could tell he he spent a lot of time this offseason getting in shape and uh, and getting to the point where he was wanting to go out there and, and prove a lot of people wrong. But uh, it just sucks, man, all the way around. It sucks for football too. You know, even when Favre went to the Jets and went to the Vikings, it was good for football. I'm telling you, if you guys get a chance, even though he beat us, go back and watch that first time that we played Favre when he was in Minnesota. Yeah. Bro, it sounded like the Roman Coliseum in there. It's <laughs> so intense. That's great for football, right? So, again, uh, it just sucks for Aaron. And, and I understand people that hold a grudge against him. I'm not here to tell anybody how to fan. That's just how I feel, right? But, again, it's a second-round pick. And uh, like like most people said, you know, we, we do pretty good in the second round, don't we, Tim? And the third round, and the fourth round, and the fifth <laughs> round. Third, that third's a little shaky, right? <laughs> and and UDFAs, right? On occasion, hey, trade all the picks, man. Just just sign a bunch of undrafted free agents. <laughs> 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 love it, love it. Look at this. We got a new one in the house. Grony says, uh, first timer. Usually listen the day after on Spotify. Good stuff, man. Well, welcome to the live stream. We appreciate you hanging out with us, man, for sure. Can I, can I ask something that I know is going to probably be controversial? Yeah, let's hear it, man. We, we already got a hot take. <clears throat> it's just, it's, it's, I wrote this down in my notes today, and this is not me trying to say that I don't respect Rogers, that I don't respect Adams, that I don't respect love. It's just all that, all that on the, on the table there. Do you think as both of these men who I'm about to mention sit there tonight, as they look at what they're, prospects are for the next NFL future. Do you think that Devontae Adams 
and that Aaron Rodgers are happy with the decisions that they've made. The last Ooh, year. I like this. This this is not in the show notes here, Jacob. It's not in oh, the show notes. I love it, though. I love and this, it. Again, you guys, if you come at me in the comments, I don't – just stop. I'm not trying to say that this is right, this is wrong. I'm simply proposing the question. If you put your mind in these men's minds, do you think – because look at what the let's, let's break this down a little bit. Devontae Adams, he was promised he's going to go back to his hometown, play with his freaking college quarterback. That's not happening anymore. Nope. Look at Aaron Rodgers, he was promised he's going to go over there and play with his boys from, from Green Bay. It's not happening anymore. Do you think that both of these men in their minds think I made the right decision? And regardless of whether or not the Packers organization did them dirty or didn't, do you think there's a little bit in their back of their minds that says, I was really happy here, and now the grass looked greener over on the other side, and now it looks pretty freaking dead and gray. Mm. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, and and I think the proper way to ask that question, Tim, is uh, if they could go back in time, right, and change change it all, what would their decision be? You know, right. Um, exactly. yep. And again, it it all began with uh, with the Last Dance social media post because the Packers, you know, kind of lowballed Tay. You know, given that situation being the same, I don't know if Tay would do anything different, but maybe handle the negotiation a little bit different. And I'm not saying he's at fault. I'm not saying the Packers are at fault. It's a business, man. The Packers, the Packers want you as cheap as possible. And as a player, you want to make as much money as possible, right? And right. feelings get hurt along the way. But I think that's a great question. Tim, how do you feel about that, man? What what comes to mind as you heard Jacob kind of ask that question or, or, or say that comment? I think what, what you just said really came to mind right away with Tay was, you know, I think he would have stayed. Um, I think he felt a little, little insulted. You, you insulted him a little bit, a little bit. You insulted him. And uh, <laughs> uh, I think that just rubbed him the wrong way. And then, you know, yeah, Derek Carr's my homie. Uh, I love Vegas. I'm going to go out there. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt to be a Raider. You know, I'm not the first guy that left Green Bay to go play for the Raiders. <laughs> so I, I don't think, Tay necessarily would have done anything differently. And be honest with you, I don't think Aaron would either. Um, and just a gut reaction off of all this, I don't think, number one, it's too early to even ask this question, but I'm going to go ahead and assume right away that Rogers fully intends to rehab and try and come back next year. So I don't know, you know, given how things have panned out, I guess maybe more of an argument uh, to Jacob's point would be maybe maybe Devontae, I guess, like you said, like you were saying, Clayton, like maybe if the negotiations went a little differently, maybe Tay would still be a Packer. But I think the relationship with with Aaron and the Packers had just run its course and that was going to kind of happen. I and think he'd probably stand behind that decision. Yeah, and that stuff happens all the time. Like, you know what I mean? In, in in all sports, all professional sports, sometimes it's just time to say goodbye. All good things must come to an end, right? It's just the way it is. Uh, let's see. We got Josh Martin in the super chat, and then we'll get back to this uh, this right here. Josh Martin says, did you hear the Bills owner said racist remarks to a black reporter on a 40-person Zoom call in 2020? NFL needs to investigate this. I haven't heard that yet. When you say the Bills owner in 2020 – I'm not very familiar with the Bills ownership. I know they uh, they had recently sold the team um, to uh, I think two different partners. You know, obviously it was Ralph Wilson um, some time ago, but he looked like he was 123 years old um, <laughs> when he when he owned the team. Probably didn't even know he owned the team to be honest with you. But um, I did not hear that. But um, I tell you what, man, 
nowadays, though, the stupid stuff that people say in public settings. And it's like, especially when you get a little bit of money, you think, oh, well, I can say whatever I want to say. You're Everybody's free to say whatever you want to say. Right. That's that's America. But there are consequences that come with what you say. <laughs> so you're also free to absorb those consequences. Right. But uh, we try to keep the whole <clears throat> racist thing out of here, you know. But uh, I definitely appreciate the super chat, and I haven't heard that yet. I'm sure I will be hearing about it though. Um, so many different different things in the past, whether it's sports or business or whatever, where people have lost their business or had to sell their business or do you know like who was it the the Clippers owner you know yeah. several years back, um, things like that just seem to happen in surface. But uh, that sucks, man. I I I just still blown away that in 2023 race is still a thing. That's why you hear me joke like. I, you know, I love the Dave Chappelle approach. That's just me. And if that offends people, I'm sorry, but I'm not I'm I'm not going to change the way I think. I love how Dave Chappelle approached it. And he said there was no race, no race off limits. I'm making fun of everybody. And you've seen the crowd. It was white. It was black. It was blue. It was green. There was people and, and everybody laughing together. That's what brought people together. I love that. I absolutely love that. I hate division. And just the thought that that someone would look down on someone just because of they look different than them or, or maybe they grew up a little rougher than them or, you know, maybe they didn't have a more stable household or, or less income. That stuff just pisses me off, man. It, it, I, and I, I really just, there's no place for it in my life, to be honest with you, man. Um, you know, I say it all the time. I've met far more white people that I don't like than black people. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm down here in Redneckville, USA. And it, it's just, yeah, it's just something I hate to even think about race, to be honest with you, man. It drives me crazy. So anyway, but thank you for the chat there, or thank you for the super chat, Josh. We appreciate you supporting the stream, buddy. I'm sure, like I said, that'll be surfacing here soon. We got another super chat. This is from United Bates. He says, Musgrave, Reed, Watson, Dillon, Jenkins, Adams, Cobb, Nelson, Jennings, second rounders. Wow, I'm going to read that one more time. Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, A.J. Dillon, Elton Jenkins, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, second rounders. Of course, it's a quote, a step back, but it's still a value pick. Glass half full, go pack go. Very well said, man. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't take into consideration significantly less income, too. Like significantly less cap hit, I should say. And that, you know, you tally up those. I'm a trade back fan, and I try not to even talk during draft season because I know that pisses fans off. But I'm like, trade back, trade back, trade back, you know, because I feel like there is talent to be had there in the first three rounds. Now, I understand people are skittish with the third round. I completely get that for sure. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Be the Hammer says racism. Yes. Yeah. He says racism is a political weapon. It barely exists in the real world. I love that you said barely because you're acknowledging that it does exist. Um, I'm not here to say at what percentage, at what level um, it exists, you know, especially, you know, me being, I'm a mutt, first of all, you know, I, I'm, I literally, I'm, I'm Hungarian, I'm Irish, I'm part Cherokee. I, dude, my favorite team growing up was the Washington Redskins. You know why? Because my family loved it. They were like, man, that's, that's our people, right? Like we didn't look at that as like, oh, they're putting us down, you know? Um, but anyway, yeah. You're exactly right about the political weapon. It's it's disgusting. Just how to see rich people that we will never meet in our life, we allow them to divide us as a country just blows my freaking mind. And I've been guilty of it too. So I'm not sitting there saying, you know, people wising up. You know, we've all been there for sure. But anyway, all right. There was a couple of chats up here I wanted to get to real quick. And thank you guys for the super chat. Thank you so much, uh, United Base. Well, let's hit on that real quick. I'm sorry, I kind of skimmed over that. 
United States. <laughs> Jacob, you were giggling, right? Musgrave, yeah. that's some stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I can't stop. Yeah, Eric Sutherland's going to get me canceled, but um, I'm looking at United Bates's uh chat here. Musgrave, Reed, Watson, Dylan, Jenkins, Adams, Cobb, Nelson, Jennings, second rounders, of course. And now everybody's freaking out about the fact uh my, my family included, you know, I'm in a, a group chat with a bunch of my family members and they said, well, um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, done for the season. That's so bad for the Packers. I said, it, you know, it's horrible for him. And again, I'm a, I'm a guy that's been very critical of Aaron Rodgers in his career. I have a poster of the man on my wall. Okay. I, I respect him for what he did. I'm a 36 year old man who has a poster of a man on his wall. Okay. What a weirdo. To say that I don't respect him, to say that I don't respect like Packer fans need to, you know, we need to cool on that. But I will say that, um, I just, I just, our, our second rounder, I'm, I'm not worried about the fact that we only get a, I, I, I want to back up an only a second rounder. Right. Uh, guys, we traded a guy again that I respect and I admire and that I freaking love. And he's done so much for my, myself, my family, my community at the same time, yo, he played five snaps. We got a second round pick for a guy that played five snaps. I'm just saying that's a good deal. If you're making deals. Um, you know, obviously we would love to have two first rounders. Um, but I just, right now we need to take a step back, realize that we have an amazing base to this new team. And we can talk about some of the stuff here coming up. Um, we have guys that are so young and, and so uniquely talented and showing that they're going to be something very special. I mean, gosh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Jordan Love is one of the highest pass-rated quarterbacks in the league right now. I think that we have one of the highest pasher, uh, pass rush defenses in the league. I mean, they're they're just they're absolutely insane right now. So optimism is high for me. I, I don't think that we need to be um, at all negative right now. And like you said, man, that second grade or that second round, we do pretty good there. We do pretty good. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not. I'm not even. Let's go. Yeah, I'm with United Bates. Thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate it for sure, man. Yeah, Eric's out of control in the chat. And, and <laughs> what, what sucks is everybody else is agging it on. <laughs> they all love him. They all love him. And I just, I just called him either the president or vice president. He's the co-president, right? Him and Murph of the PTA posse. He in there stirring up trouble. Boy, he's with the right group. I'll tell you what. Um, all right, so obviously Aaron Rodgers, like I said, we covered that. Yash Nyman, here's some other news, Tim. Yash Nyman restructures his contract. Basically, they tacked on four voidable years. You know, he signed that tender. Uh, I think it's somewhere a little over four million. And what they did was put four years of, of void years onto that contract. I don't think it's huge news, but it, it immediately what it sparked in my mind is, OK, why would you do that right now? OK, it's one of two reasons you can kind of put structure in place for a long term deal. Right. And be ready to um, already have those four years in place. That doesn't make much sense to me. It's they're looking to save save money right now. And the new cap hit hasn't hit yet. I imagine it's a little over a million dollars, which means they would have freed up three million right away. So why do they need that three million right now? Right. Maybe a little Rashawn bit. of pushing for, Yeah, that's <laughs> bingo. That's exactly what I'm thinking, Tim. Is that, is that what crossed your mind, too? Maybe they're, they're, they're getting close on a restructure. I hope so. Uh, I mean, or they just really didn't like Austin Allen. I don't know. And, you know, let's restructure Yosh, get get rid of uh, Austin Allen, get another offensive lineman in here, you know, get some stability, clean up the pocketbook a little bit, and then get ready to sign Rashawn, you know, or extend Rashawn. I don't know. 
I'm just looking at the collective of all these moves that that we've seen recently. But that was my first gut. Uh, totally is Rashawn Gary uh, extension incoming. Same here, man. And another thing that broke today, the Packers released tight end Austin Allen, and they signed offensive lineman Michael Jordan to the practice squad. Now, keep guys, this is different Michael Jordan, okay? You don't, don't think we're getting a superstar here. <laughs> this is uh, – although he did have several – I can't remember, was it like 50-some starts or something? There was some uh, crazy stat that I seen, but – he played um, some, some snaps in Carolina. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of uh, – Austin Allen getting cut, Jacob. You hurt by that, or uh, like you said in the chat, it means they think pretty high of Sims, right? Uh, yeah, I said that. Yeah, I sent you a message saying that to me, that's what that. If I read between the lines, there, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And um, if I'm not mistaken, gosh, I don't have it in front of me. I could probably pull it up. But if Clayton, if you got a chance, Sims got plays. He got snaps. Didn't really. Which shows me that uh, I believe that he was uh, in on one of the um, the longer plays that we had last uh yeah like i said pull that up and tell me if i'm crazy but i believe that that's true and that to me shows just the fact that like i was kind of surprised they really saw us now the guy's a freaking isn't he like six eight just a freak of nature um Mm -hmm. so if they thought that they could control him or not control him but mold him into being the type of tight end that they wanted to have and specifically probably because i hate to admit it we need to replace tyler davis uh, at that tight end position, and um, we have the freaks. Like, we saw Musgrave, dude. The guy is – he's hes exactly what we thought. The only thing that I have against Musgrave is, like, bro, can you – he's like a baby deer. It's like, can you just stand up? He's like a giraffe trying to catch a pass out there. It's like, dude, yeah. come on. Hey, do just, me a favor. If you hear me glitch out, let me know because I've got more windows open than a trailer park right now, bro. And this is a good <laughs> test, all right? But uh, I've got it pulled up. Yeah, he had uh, Ben Sims tied in, had nine snaps, um, okay. and it looked like eight of them were run blocking snaps. One was pass blocking. So he was just strictly a blocker. And uh, his pass blocking grade was 69.6, which you pointed out when they signed him that that was his strength, right? And then um, his run blocking grade was a 54.8. But still, that, that's surprising he got nine snaps, man. I didn't notice that. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, that's what I was going to say is that they trusted him that much to throw him into the mix. And maybe those rush grades or uh, those grades will improve because of the fact they felt so confident in that. Um, did you see Godsmack's AR69, uh, the super chat there? Uh, not yet. I'm, I'm on Mike Hebring's right now. I'm going to read it right okay. now. Mike Hebring, thank you for the super chat. He said, did you guys get a chance to see JTO Sullivan's yes. quarterback school review today of the Bears offense? You have to check it out. Just brutal for fields. Did you watch it, Jacob? Did you see it all? I, I watched the first half of it before I had to hop on here. What stood <laughs> out to you? Oh, my God. Um, Just fundamentally. Burning, burning dumpster. <laughs> He's a dumpster fire. He is a dumpster fire. I'm just saying, and I said this before we went on live the other day, I'm not afraid of Justin Fields unless we can't harness his running ability. He, the guy's not a quarterback. I'm sorry. Like, he's just – he's not. And yeah. um, I, I just, you know, whatever. I hope the Bears sign him to a five-year deal. I hope they do. Yeah. I'd love Jay Cutler 2.0. Yeah, Tim, um, you know, I haven't got a chance to watch that that uh that video from jt o'sullivan yet but i know when i went back and watched the tape myself i did make three passes through the tape and uh, i'll tell you what the all 22 when quay picks him off you could tell that justin looked he he immediately looked right in red cover four he comes back left and i think he gets antsy because when he comes back left he realizes oh crap that's cover two which means it's cover six and i'm thinking in his mind middle should be open let me come back right and when he did 
Quay kind of did a little jab step opposite direction, broke on the ball, picked it off. Because if Quay wasn't in on that play, I think the ball gets by Devondre Campbell and it's a completion. I just think he was expecting Quay when he looked over in scene two, he expected Quay to drift a little further to that side. And Quay did a great job baiting him. But um, I don't know if you've watched that video yet or not, Tim. But regardless, what you know, having slept on a little bit, what do you think of Justin Fields? Were you impressed at all? No, never have been, never, <laughs> never will be. No. Um, and I don't know. I didn't get to see the O'Sullivan uh, video, but, you know, just as you so eloquently broke it down, I would agree that it just reinforces what we said. He's not a good quarterback. I mean, everything you just talked about there in that little mini breakdown has nothing to do with his arm. It has nothing to do with his legs, has everything to do with his football IQ behind the line of scrimmage being the quarterback. So, yep. you know, I no, I'm not impressed. I don't think I ever will be. Yeah, I don't either, man. If it hasn't clicked by now, it's not going to click, right? And it was yeah. all – he doesn't have anything around him. And then it's amazing how the Bears fans are already starting to retract a little bit and go, well, he still doesn't have anything around him. Hold up a minute, guys. You spent the whole offseason saying they fixed the offensive line and they signed DJ Moore, a number one wide receiver. What are you talking about, right? Oh, and you got Bob Tunyon that you guys thought were gonna be, was going to be an absolute superstar all of a sudden. For some, he sucked when he was with us, according to you. You sign him, all of a sudden he's better, right? But anyway, Mike, Mike Hebron, thank you so much for that super chat, buddy. Let's go to the next one. It's Godsmack. AR69 said, um, thank you for the super chat, buddy. He said, I feel really bad for Rodgers. Luckily, I'm not one of those, quote, Packers fans who has Rodgers derangement syndrome. He did so much for this team and Green Bay community. I'm praying for Rodgers. Dude, I couldn't agree more. Um, and the, the thing is, too, like, as fans, we take it, I say we, but I say that loosely. Not every fan feels like this, but it, fans tend to take it way more serious than the players do, right? It's kind of a fraternity with the players, right? Yes, they're competing against each other. I know some of the old school players don't like that, and I understand why. Um, but you know, when it when it comes to the players themselves, though, they kind of they kind of look at each other as almost like coworkers, right? And um, I don't know, man. With with Favre, when he left, the fans took it very personal, right? But if you heard him talk about Green Bay, the community, the fans, I mean, he he got emotional talking about it. Like how he said, you know, I grew up there. I, I think he said he, he spent, what was it, 18 years. He said a full adult life, right, becoming from zero years old to becoming an adult at 18 years old. He spent that amount of time basically in Green Bay. He got to grow up there, and he talked about going to the Piggly Wiggly and the people in the community and get, and how much he's got nothing but love and appreciation for Packer fans. And I, Dude, it was hard for me last year, Godsmack. I'm just being honest. Jacob can attest to this. Seeing people bash him and turn on him that quick. And, no, and Jacob, Jacob was one that was like, I want to see what we got in love. I'm done. I'm done with Aaron. Right. And it wasn't from a, I hate Aaron standpoint. Like you said, he's, he's creepy and got a picture on the wall. Right. But, <laughs> but you know, like I, I was sitting back going, is this like, is this how we do it? Like when we're done with them, it's just, and Jacob wasn't like this, but other people were just like, are you trying to get him out of there? I'm, it was just like this dude, like it's obvious this team isn't that good this year. Right. And the reason being was injuries. And it was just like they turned on him quick, man. Not not all of them. I'm not trying to put every – and if you're one that didn't even want Rodgers to be on a team last year, I respect your opinion, man. And, hey, based on the record, you're proven right. You know, it's it's a it's a result-driven business. There's no doubt about it. But um, I was one – I mean, you you basically explained exactly how I feel, Godsmack. Um, I'm praying for him too, man, and it just sucks because – 
you could just tell he he put everything into it this year and he was looking to go out there and, and perform and 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 lord knows that if there's one thing i was focused on i was hoping he would get that 65 65 passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We need to redo that video with, with Mark Murphy with a sad face now, right? Since we're not getting the 65%. I was just going to say, man, like um, like you talked about with the guys that, you know, I did see a lot of Rogers absolute hate on Twitter and all that. And I try to stay off social media because I'm, I'm, you know, you light the match, I'll start the fire kind of thing. So I, I don't want to do that. Um, but I, what, what I'll say is that you guys can see I've got a wall around me of, Packers, old Packers, current Packers. I've got a wall that you can't see that has. Uh, I'm gonna freaking try not to get emotional. I got a, a wall full of like five or six family members that have died in the last like four or five years, and uh, two of them <laughs> in their obituary have the Green Bay Packers emblem in the bottom corner, um, and it's like <laughs> to think that those moments were tarnished by. Because Rogers did something wrong or whatever. No, no, uh, it wasn't that way. So I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I got you. I understand, Tim. Um, we think it got smacked comment there, but before we move on, oh, I'm I'm with both of you guys on this. I've I've always said that you can love Jordan Love and still love Aaron Rodgers, and and vice versa. And I think Jacob put it very clearly. I mean, football means a little bit more here in Green Bay. And we do honor our legends here in Green Bay. And any fan 
that laughed or is finding any kind of joy in what is going on with Aaron Rodgers right now makes me sick to my stomach. And I'm not going to tell people how to fan. I'm just like you, Clayton. I don't, Hey, I don't care. I don't care how you fan, but if you're going to fan like that around me, we're probably going to butt heads and I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But as, as far as Aaron Rodgers, you know, my wife had a great comment a few months ago. She kind of felt like it would have been nice for him to just hang it up and retire a Packer. So she was definitely in that camp of, you know, after we were at the Detroit game last year, we, we saw his last game in, in green and gold and uh, him and Randy walking into the tunnel. That was, that was tough pill to swallow last, last season. Um, and not any way you want to end your career, uh, but certainly hindsight's twenty twenty. That might have been a more fitting end um, to his career than hopefully this this situation. Which, like I said earlier, I think if anyone is going to come back from this at you know thirty nine years old or whatever, pushing forty, uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. So if he wants to play, the guy's going to push through, and he's going to he's going to come back next year. I think. I, I think if you asked him that right now that'd probably be his immediate response, but I'm not going to speak for the guy, but yeah. um, I agree with both of you guys, you know, that guy, the guy's a Packer man, you know, and you, you can't just undo everything that man did for us as a team, as a, as a town and as fans. So yeah, much and respect to uh, AR 12. And there's going to be a day in the near future. He walks back out of that tunnel like this, right? And we hang that banner and we hang that number up there, man. That's going to be exciting. It is. But I, I'm kind of with you. If you if you were to have to say, hey, you got to bet the farm one way or the other. Is he coming back? Is he not? I think he's coming back. I think he feels like he owes the Jets something now because they they did, man. They, they That's that's who you kind of got to feel bad for, man. They you, We always talk about how many times have we heard our, our Packer fans talk about, we never go all in. We need to go all in. The Jets went all in, right? And – I'm sorry. I, I respect them for it. I'm I'm just being real. Like they said, hey, look, we're gonna do it this way. We're gonna we're gonna actually we're gonna go get that one piece that we think we need to go with this defense. And um, I think every fan kind of wants that. There's different ways to get there, and I think we would all agree we we love and appreciate a little bit more the way Goody's trying to get there, right? But uh, yeah, I, I just it's uh it's tough all the way around, but I think that's well well said there, guys, Mac, for sure. Let's go to the next super chat. We got Josh Martin says, Did Jones Watson read practice today? I have looked everywhere, Josh, for information. Um, and I can't find anything. So I don't know if there was a practice today. If there was, I don't know if they did practice. I've combed through all the insiders that, that cover the Packers. I know we'll have Paul Brettel on on Thursday, and we'll get definitely get the most detailed update that we can with him being, you know, in and around uh, with the media group. But, um, yeah, I have no idea right now. I will say this, though. Christian Watson did say, I think Matt Schneiman shared this in a an article on The Athletic. He said, Christian Watson said, um, our, I mean, injured reserve was never a possibility. And he said, quote, I have a, he has a better chance this week. So he's basically saying, obviously, there, I think he said, obviously, there's a better chance I play this week than last week. So if our was, was never was, uh, you know, an option, right? then that means, okay, they're thinking four weeks or less, okay? And then, of course, he's saying he might be closer this week. I think there's a chance he plays against Atlanta if you want him to play. And we're going to break down some Atlanta Falcons here in a minute and kind of talk about what I've seen on the tape. I made my first pass through that Panthers-Falcons game earlier today with the All-22, and it was pretty good stuff. But, Josh, thank you so much for the Super Chat. I wish I had an answer for you, bub, but I haven't heard anything yet. Um, let's see here. Let's go to Ian with the Super Chat. He says, Packers trading Adams, meaning Devontae Adams, for Quay Walker and Watson – 
Rodgers for Van Ness, Reed, Wicks, and a future second-round pick. Goody is playing chess. Yeah, buddy. Good point. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, he, they, they definitely maximized um, what they got out of those trades. There's no doubt about it. Quay, Quay's looking like a superstar, guys. Now, it's one game. I got it. Last year, he graded out really low. But you could see the flash. You could see the the violence. You could see his tackling ability, obviously, um, with with all the tackles that he made last year. Um, but, you know, this year what you're seeing through the preseason, you're seeing high PFF grades. Uh, that game, I'm telling you, he played absolutely flawless in that game against the Bears, and he played with attitude. Um, he's, I think he's a real deal. I think we got us the linebacker of the future. And like Tim pointed out, I think on the postgame show, you know, Quay out there wearing the green dot was really cool. You know, they he he wore the green dot, not Devondre Campbell. I mean, that really, really says a lot. So pretty cool stuff. But yeah, Ian, very well said, man. Appreciate the super chat. Thank you for supporting the channel, Bub. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's move on to before well, let, we're gonna move on to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm gonna kind of give you guys an idea and share some information that I came up with from watching the Atlanta Falcons. But before I do, I just want to say that uh today's episode is brought to you by Old Southern Barbecue. All right, Old Southern Barbecue has five locations. It's Old Southern Barbecue Smokehouse in Rice Lake, Hudson, Arden Hills, Minneapolis, and Shakopee. Um, guys, they do everything from – they've got, obviously, sit-down restaurants. If you're in those areas, look them up. Uh, fire fire up the old Google machine, see where they're located, and go get some great barbecue. And then, of course, if you're having a Packers party, you're looking to have friends over, whatever, you want to throw a party together, they also do catering. You can go to their website and check out their catering menu. They've got, you know, brisket, ribs. Uh, several sides. They're uh, they're notorious for their uh, cornbread muffins, from what I hear, and uh, just absolutely phenomenal stuff. There, it's a it's a great way to have your uh, your parties catered. Now, also, if you're at a distance like me, you can go check out their website, Old Southern oldsouthernbbq.com and they've got everything from sauces to rubs that you can get there they've got awesome packages as well four sauces a southern gals uh, sweet brown sugar you've got dixie red rich and smoky chicago blue mild and tangy and chicago fire which is uh, obviously got a kick and i'll tell you the uh, the southern gals me i'm a i'm kind of a combo guy i'm either wanting the sweet and tangy or i'm wanting the extremely hot so they got you covered uh, all the way around now Obviously, if you guys go to the website, you want to make a purchase there at OldSouthernBarbecue.com, make sure you type in the promo code PackerNet15. That's capital P, Packer, capital N, Net, 1-5, no spaces. Make sure the P and the N is capitalized. That'll get you 15% off your purchase. Again, that's uh, Old Southern Barbecue Smokehouse, www.OldSouthernBBQ.com. Make sure you check them out. We appreciate them supporting the channel supporting Packer Net Podcast for sure. All right, let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons. Do you guys have any kind of pre um, preconceived notions, Jake, going into this game? Is there anything that's kind of sticking out to you before I dive into a ton of information? What sticks out to you about the Atlanta Falcons? Have you got a chance to look into it at all? How do you, how do you feel about the Falcons as we get ready to enter this game? At, at the uh, I think it's a noon central kickoff, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, this is uh... – this is not the old Falcons team that people thought of. almost similar to us. People were sleeping on the Falcons. They thought, well, we've got a young quarterback and they got nothing to show for it. He's, he's very raw. They got a decent old line. They got an okay defense. They have two great running backs. Does that sound like anybody you've heard of? They also have a rookie or a new tight end. And they also have a couple great wide receivers. Sound like anybody you've heard of? <laughs> so I don't know, man. When when people looked at uh thank you, United Bates, and thank you for all the other guys talking about the Packer, uh the old Southern stuff in the comments. I appreciate that. Um, but when you look at what these guys are doing here, people are thinking that I think they were sleeping on the Falcons. I really do. Bijan Robinson is a freak. 
guys. He's a freak. And it's so weird to me that they went and spent another draft pick when the freaking Falcons, the, the year before, they drafted Tyler Algier, who's a freak. The guy, people great like running back, great thousand yard rusher last year, if I'm not mistaken. And then they just decided, all right, well, I want two Barry Sanders type people. Uh, <laughs> and then they have obviously Kyle Pitts. They've got Drake London. They've got um, a guy that at quarterback that, you know, Ritter, people are sleeping on. They, they, he's, he's a very mobile quarterback. He can throw the ball. I'm not sure if he's going to be ready for the NFL starting right now, you know, um, this soon. But what I am uh, confident in is that our, our, our pass rush, they're going to get there, bro. I mean, our pass rush, I, I don't think that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I think Ryan covered it earlier on his podcast that we had like five to six guys that had over 18 per fifth. I, I want to say 15 because anything over 10 is amazing. We had five or six over like at least 13. And I'm shooting that real short, real short. I think that we had the highest pass rush grade total for any uh, defensive line. And that's just to me, oh, my God, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Fires me that's, up, dude. Huh? Took it down. A f- that's with Rashawn Gary playing 12 snaps. Yeah, right. That's, that's, oh. that's so exciting, dude. So, and Lucas Van Ness, when they came out in that opening drive and I seen Van Ness, I went, look at this. Look wow. at the big fella out there in Gary's spot, too, right? You know, playing that left side. It was, it was absolutely awesome. Tim, before I dig into some info, man, anything stick out to you on the surface about the Falcons game coming up? Ugh, it's on turf, and turf sucks. <laughs> Bach talked about that today. Got that uh, right. Bach going all in on and We already got hammies galore. So you know, and not to not to go back to the Aaron Rodgers thing, but clearly, like Bach had a point, man. That you can watch that replay, man. His foot got hung up on that crappy ass artificial surface. And it just is what it is. So that comes into my mind right away. Looking at the dirty birds down in uh, Atlanta. Um, I think that uh, it's going to be, like I said last night, guys, I think it's going to be a close, closer than comfortable game. Um, Jacob made uh, some really good points about the similarities between these two teams. So I think it'll be interesting as we break things down further heading into the weekend. But uh, my first thought is it's in a dome. It's on turf. Stay healthy, guys. Uh, Don't be alarmed at the veteran rest for guys like David Bakhtiari going into this game. So I think we'll be ready to roll on Sunday. Got it. All right, I'm going to share the screen here. It may be hard for you guys to see. Just bear with me. I'm going to click on a few players so it should highlight their card. And I'm going to try to read off uh, kind of what I've seen here. So the first thing we're going to start with is their base defense and our 12 personnel, okay? And when you look at the matchup, first of all, this big stinky, stinky egg right here, Josh Myers right in the middle, 44.0. Ugh. I'm telling you guys, it's about it's about time to pull the plug. I'm just, I mean, we're to that point now. When when they ran that mid screen, and oh. he literally was the reason that Aaron Jones couldn't catch. I'm I'm literally screaming on TV. What are you doing? Like, if you're not going to block, get out of the way. You know what the plate? Well, maybe you don't know what the play call is, but anyway, that it, that drove me absolutely insane. But let's focus on the Falcons defense here and their 34 base. What I want you to look at is at right end 89.8. That's David Onyemata, okay? I think he had – I believe he had two sacks, I think, if I remember correctly in this game. Absolute stud at interior defensive line, okay? At nose tackle, Grady Jarrett, right, 82.2. 
So they've got two studs on the defensive line, not so much there on the left end with Calius Campbell. Of course, he's a little bit longer in the tooth. Uh, you know, five years ago, he was a stud. Right now, not playing like it. But, again, it's just one game. Again, that 34 base, though, looking stout. Now, uh, on the uh, on at left outside linebacker, you know, typically it's going to be on our strong side when our tight ends to the right. They have Lorenzo Carter at a 72.8, not too bad. Their best corner so far is A.J. Terrell at a 78.2. And, and I've checked all the snaps. All of them got significant uh, snaps. At linebacker, you've got Caden Ellis at a 79.7. And then at safety, this is the guy you've got a game plan around, Jesse Bates the third, 94.5. I think he had three interceptions in that game, if I remember correctly, at least two. I think it was three. The two that stood out to me on the all-22, he was playing single high safety. And, and poor Bryce Young, man, he just stared him down and threw it right to Jesse Bates, both of those two interceptions that i seen. I think I heard somewhere, it might have been on the GM shuffle, that Jesse Bates had in his contract. If he got three interceptions this year, he got an extra 250 grand. He got that bonus the first week of the season. So he's a stud, man. That's definitely one to watch out for. So why do I say that? Because of that matchup at 34, what, what should we do? We should try to stay away from our 12 personnel. We should stay in 11 personnel, right? Why do you want to do that? Because you want to keep them out of that 34 front. Okay, so let's go to their nickel set now. According to the nickel on PFF, they're suggesting that their two interior uh, defensive linemen would be Calius Campbell to 56.4 and Grady Jarrett at 82.2. So they're suggesting that if you go to nickel, and now there's going to be a rotation, obviously, you're going to get Onyemata out of that lineup consistently. Okay, so I think we should stay in 11 personnel. All right. And the one thing that, that sticks out to me as far as being able to attack this. Uh, defense, the left side right here in their nickel, looks weak based off of their first two games, obviously a 51.2 at Bud Dupree on the edge. And then, of course, Calius Campbell having that down uh, down game there, 56.4. But also, that's the side the linebacker Anderson will be on, okay, at 53.7 in their sub package. And then you got Alford at their nickel back at 66.4. So immediately what I'm thinking is, and what i seen on the All-22, let me go ahead and get this off the screen here. What i seen on the All-22 was they played a lot of single high safety, okay, so, which means you've got you've got just one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. So if you're going to pass the ball, make sure you're passing the outside. If you're going to play 12 personnel, let's run outside zone. Stay away from the interior. Another thing, when you've got solid interior defensive line play like that, especially in the 34 base, you want to boot action. You want to get Jordan Love out of harm's way, right? You want to get him rolling out, whether it's right or left, get him out of the pocket a bit, and don't let him sit in there like a statue and get teed off on by Grady Jarrett and Onyemata. That's the big thing there. Now, another thing that stood out to me, every team's kind of got their go-to offensive formation, right? They've got this an offensive approach for us. Typically, it's 11 or 12 personnel. We like to play a lot of doubles, right? We like to play a lot of doubles. We'll play some double stack. Um, we'll also play a little bunch out of 11 personnel. Those are kind of the two formations that we key in on the most, right? When it comes to the Falcons, they play pistol, okay? Some people may not know what that means. I'm going to explain it real quick, okay? This is what their pistol formation looks like. Let's start with a uh, – and this is their base pistol, okay? They run a lot of 12 and 21 personnel. I'm going to explain to you why they ran 21 personnel. So this is a pistol formation, okay? Hopefully you guys – can you see this okay, Jacob? Yep, I got it. All right, cool. So what a pistol formation is, it's like a mini shotgun, okay? Notice the quarterback is in a shotgun look there, and the running back is directly behind the quarterback. Now, the reason that's important is because when you've got a sidecar right, 
then you know nine times out of ten, if they run the ball, whether it's mid zone or outside zone, guess where the running back's running? He's running left. If you've got a a sidecar left, nine times out of ten, he's running to the right side. With a pistol, you have to acknowledge, you have to respect the outside run on both sides of the ball, okay, because it's such a balanced look. Now, the thing that I noticed them lining up in the most with their 12 personnel is they had, obviously, the tailback there, which was – who was the running back you said, Jacob, that got drafted last year, 1,000-yard rusher? Uh, Algier. Algier, okay. Algier played tailback the majority of the time, okay? You had your U tied in. They've got Hayden Hurst as well. You had a U kind of playing that wing look, and you had Y that was off but still pretty much attached to the line of scrimmage, right? And they like to play, what do we call this right here, Tim? These close splits, that's nasty, right, inside the numbers. They played a lot of nasty split, okay? So they're kind of forcing everything inside, right? And what I noticed was they they were using cutback lanes like a mother. I mean, they watching <laughs> – Watching uh, that that running back as well as Bijan Robinson cut back, it was deadly. It was a deadly combination. Now let me explain to you what they did out of twenty one. Out of twenty one, the other thing too, uh, their other tight end they got is Janu Smith. I don't think Janu is lights out at tight end, but he is kind of that H back, so they can put him in the backfield as well. But when they ran twenty one personnel, what I noticed was they had that running back in the backfield in the pistol set, and out here this T was Bijan Robinson. So they flex. They're they're already utilizing Bijan Robinson and the fact that he he is just as good a receiver as he is a running back. Okay. So they were flexing him out. As a matter of fact, he caught a touchdown pass, juked the guy completely out of his jock on one play. I mean it was it was freaking nasty. Just hit him on a quick smoke screen and he was in the end zone, juke the guy, had that hat count one on one. Disregard this corner here. It's out of place. He should be out here in the safety kind of down here on the tee, which is Bijan Robinson. But I wanted to point out when they go to that 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end, there's your H, there's your T, or you can say T or H, however you want to couple it. Don't matter to me which one you want to stamp it with. Those are your two running backs and there's your tight end. And again, coming out of that pistol look it's a very, very balanced approach. You don't know which side they're going to run to, okay? So the big things that stood out to me, right, was, like I said, the fact that they uh, they, ran, they they ran a lot of 21 and 12. They're going to utilize B. John Robinson as a receiving threat, all right? Jesse Bates playing single high safety is, is arguably the best, if not a top three safety in the league right now. Why do I think that? Because his PFF grades were through the roof two years ago, and he got paid like a number one safety this offseason in free agency. This That was the main piece they went and got in free agency this year, and it's already paid off. You know, Obviously, he single-handedly won on the turnover differential. Now, I will say that the Carolina Panthers, they played like hot garbage. I mean, they played absolutely horrible, Tim. It was it, – I mean – Bryce Young, he looked lost out there. He was staring Jesse Bates down the entire time and was throwing the ball right to him the entire game. I think Jordan Love is going to be way better, you know, way more prepared than Bryce Young to face them. On the offensive side, of back to the offensive side of the ball, the Falcons, Desmond Ritter, he had decent stats, but I'm telling you, man, he, he, he did not look like a good quarterback, right? And I'll just say this, like Desmond Ritter, um, you know, my wife and, and some of the people that's in my inner circle, they know um, family of Desmond Ritter, right? So I'm probably going to get crucified for knocking him. But I'm telling you, he played like booty juice, in my opinion, man. Like this dude, it was bad. It was bad. He was 15 of 18 for 115 yards. But when you watch the tape, I don't think there was one pass where I was like, oh, that was an accurate pass. It was just one of those things that it, everything kind of fell in place for him. But as far as the PFF grade itself, I mean, when you look at it, let's actually let's go back real quick. 
I want to just get his – yeah, his PFF grade is a 52.1. I mean, he played like hot garbage. And, and the fact that he had that high of a completion percentage and a quarterback rating is very, very misleading when you look at the placement of the ball and the decisions he made. I mean, there was – never at any point was I like, oh, man, you got to respect Desmond Ritter. Tim, it was, it was more along the lines of kind of like Justin Fields. So I think the game plan needs to be load that freaking box, stop the run, and, and don't be afraid to test Desmond Ritter and make him throw it deep. Now, the, the other problem we got, though, is you've got to really, really, really watch for uh, Pitts, Kyle Pitts, their tight end. He's going to flex outside, and he is a solid receiving target. I mean, he's basically a receiver. Um, you guys can't see it here, but he's a 79.4 in that first game. You put that guy outside, 6'6", 246. Um, he, he run blocks worse than Uncle Bill, I'm just telling you. But – the dude can the dude can play receiver. There's no doubt about it. So if they catch you in that base set and flex him out, you could find yourself in trouble there a little bit. But Tim, based off all that, anything stick out to you? Any comments you got, man? I think um, I like your point about uh, from from our offenses perspective to just uh, try and avoid the inside, run the outside zone, maybe stay more in eleven personnel. I mean, those are all valid points, and I can't wait to see how this uh, plays out as the week goes. Um, we might get little uh, hints as to what what their approach might be, but I think you're right. I think we'll see similarities in the game plan um, to uh, what we used in Chicago while also taking into consideration that, yeah, the Falcons are definitely not the Bears. So uh, <laughs> it'll be a good game, man. Got it. Jacob? Um. I mean, I, I kind of had to step out for a second there. So, uh, but what I wanted to talk about real quick, and, and forgive me for if I'm changing the subject too drastically here, but I felt the need. We, we've only got about 10 minutes or so left. I don't think that we highlighted what the rookies did for this team. I just really don't think. When we look at Jaden Reed, 54 punt yard returns. I, I think that's number one in the NFL right now. I think that Jaden Reed is the number one punt returner in the NFL right now. Anders Carlson was five for five with a 52 yarder that could have been good from 70 yards out. Right. We had Danny Wheeland. He had a 68 yard punt, his third longest in the NFL. Right. We had Musgrave, who looked like a freaking freak, like Kyle Pitts, like we just talked about. Possibly going to be a guy that I, in my opinion, I still think that Musgrave will be one of the next, the next tight ends that beats, uh, who was it? It was uh, Pitts, Shockey, and like a guy. Ditka and one other one. I think Evan Ingram. It surpassed 750 yards. I think he's going to do that. LVN and Brooks had their first sacks, and they were impressive sacks. And it's just like I <laughs> – if you talk about a team that's coming into their own, um, I just I, I just think that we have all the the hope in the world. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, we're going into the Atlanta. We're uh, on the road, obviously. And um, – Anything can happen, but if if we are able to put this game together, come out with a win, guys, we can go on a run. We can go on a run. I don't know if you've looked at this, Clayton. Maybe, maybe it's a maybe we should have brought it up. If you look at the next like six or seven quarterbacks we face, or all over teams, we got a shot to go on a run here, guys. Yeah, we got a real shot. So you're telling me there's a chance. Telling me there's a chance. No, that's a good point. And, and Murph, thank you for clearing that up. You're exactly right. It was Whitehead that had that bonus implemented. You're right. 
Uh, I think Jesse Bates ended up with two interceptions, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, you're correct. That was Whitehead on the Jets that had that bonus. Now that you mentioned that, that's what Lombardi was talking about today. That blended together on me. So uh, thank you for pointing that out, buddy. Um, also, Cheesehead Murph says, Kyle Pitts, Quay or Dre may have their hands full. Yeah, and the other thing, too, Murph, is do you treat Kyle Pitts like a tight end or do you treat him like a wide receiver, right? Do you put a nickel on him? I think I would trust Quay on him more than I would trust, you know, Keyshawn Nixon. That's just me personally. You know, that's you're gonna have your hands full. Now, that's the beautiful thing about this Joe Barry defense, which by the way, coming through Twitter, man, I could be overlooking it, Tim, but I don't see anybody showing Joe Barry love for that <laughs> defensive nope. game plan. It's like nope. sure it I didn't see happen. it either, Clayton. Yeah. I didn't see it either. If something goes wrong, boy. His name will get mentioned, I promise you. But I thought he yeah. called a hell of a game, man. Heck of a game. With that, with that 99 contain out of the 34. And then running those uh, those uh, ET stunts, East ET stunt contains um, out of the nickel two four five. I mean, he, it was a freaking clinic, absolute clinic. But yeah, Murph, I think you're right, man. If the tight ends are covering, they're going to have their hands full. But that's the beautiful thing about this defense. If we come with that quarters look, right, then we can kind of limit the damage there. We can almost play like a little bit of a bracket coverage on them. However, got to key in on that run, man. We got to key in on that run. For sure. So it's going to come down. Joe Barry's got to make a decision. Do we play it safe, not let them hit the, the potential long ball, knowing it's a, a low probability with Desmond Ritter at quarterback, or do we just uh, load the freaking box and try to stop the run? That's what it's going to come down to, for sure. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, Tim, do you got anything else you want to add, buddy, before we wrap up? I'm going to try to fire through the chat here real quick, too. Uh, I just think, no, Cheesehead Murph had a good point. I mean, yeah, Quay and Dre might have their hands full. I, I'm with you, Clayton. I would lean more towards Quay uh, to cover uh, Pitts. But like, you know, you alluded to, we know he ain't going to be blocking anybody. You know, he's going to be there to to catch passes more than likely. So there's a lot of different ways we can approach uh, accounting for a guy like him. But I'm with you, man. Let's, let's load the box. Let's stop the run and uh, make Ritter beat, him, beat us with his arm, you know? Tim, can I ask you real quick? Because um, we, me and you were both kind of on the same page last year. I was a Quay fan right away. And I know that you're like pretty much his number one fan. Can you express, we didn't really talk about it last week, the, the difference from what he ended last season is a lot of people said he's a waste of a pick. He's the worst thing we've ever done. He's a, he's a first-round bust. And now to, for him to have that interception, that run back, that touchdown, all of a sudden he looks like Barry Sanders out there doing spin moves, diving over the goal line. <laughs> what does that do for, you think, his confidence? And we all know that Quay also went through a lot of stuff um, in the, in, in the offseason about trying to keep his mental stuff under control, trying to keep his, his temper under control. If you remember, like we talked about, he didn't have no – there was a lot of chippiness in that game. He kept his nose clean, and what did he do? He came in and he arguably made one of the biggest plays of the game and did it like as a professional, what, what does that do for your confidence in Quay? Oh, I mean, I'm at an all time high with my, my confidence in him. And that's, you summed it up right there. Professional, you know, he was a rookie last year and, you know, it takes certain guys time to become professional. You know, yeah, you're a pro athlete the minute, you know, you sign, you sign the dotted line and you come to camp, you're a pro, but you know, being a true professional, it's a craft and it takes time. So, and I think Quay is way ahead of schedule because early in the year two here, we're already seeing a lot of these positive changes. And, um, 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he went through some stuff in the off season. He went through some stuff that a lot of people probably didn't know about during last season. I know he had some personal things going on and Hey, that all affects all of us in, in, in varying degrees in different ways as, as human beings, you know, we tend to forget that these football players are human beings first before anything else. And so, you know, Quay took the time and, and did what he needed to do. And clearly he's got a very focused approach this year. He almost reminds me a little bit of Rashawn in his uh, way that he kind of goes about walking on the field and doing his warmups and just everything. His whole approach to the game is, is a more professional uh, look than it was last year. And um, yeah, of course, seeing him house the interception to seal the game in Chicago. I mean, I'm, I probably still am getting my voice back a little bit because I was <laughs> screaming like a like a child when this happened. But man, I'm telling you, Quake could probably play tight end too if we if we needed to. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, he looked pretty good running out there, and and it, it was just so cool to see that because we talked about at camp when he was doing these drills. And like, you know, they would drop a pass, him or McDuffie would drop one of those passes and then they'd drop and do push-ups right away without being told. And it's like clearly this this type of work and this self-accountability that all these guys have, it pays off because it just we just saw it in the game. You know, that was literally very similar. Like Clayton, you broke that one down too, where he kinda like we we got a, a bonus because Justin Fields doesn't know how to read a defense. So that that helps. Um <laughs> But Quay was just fundamentally sound and did exactly what he was supposed to do on that play, and that's that's why he came away with it. And then every everything after that was just, you know, like I said, that's the icing on the cake to see him just switch fields and, and house it to the pylon. So, I mean, I'm really excited for Quay this year. And, yeah, the green dot, that's incredible. So, clearly, he is a leader. He is a leader on this defense. And, uh, you know, and so is Dre Campbell. So, yeah, absolutely. I feel great about linebacker in general. I do too, man. I do too. The the, the thought of, of Dre being the quote unquote number two linebacker fires me up. Just like that that means that Quay might have taken that step. And wearing the green dot doesn't necessarily mean that. The only the only way you'll actually be able to get a definitive answer there if both are healthy and you go to a dime set, which backer's in there, right? And even then, some people would look at that backer as a sub. It doesn't necessarily mean um, he's the better linebacker. It just means situationally, right? Um, yep. But uh, yeah, it's funny. You guys are talking about the Quay Walker pick six. This was my experience with it. We go down and score, right? I think we went up 31. We scored 31 points, right? I go downstairs to get something to drink. I come back up and it's 38. And I was going, what the hell happened? And I, I literally had to rewind it back and go, oh, my God, Quay Walker got a pick six. Look at this. So I immediately uh, edited the clip, tweeted it out. You know, it looked like oh, I was watching it in real time. No, I missed that live. It was it was awesome to come back up and go, oh, cool, man. They gifted us seven points. That's that's kind of neat. United Bates in the chat said, I'm worried about our secondary tackling. Rasul was a monster, but Ford whiffed on guys standing still, and even Jair missed several. It looked like they were afraid to step up and make contact. I, I said, and it was all in my notes, I could show you here, the way I take notes during the game, I'm sure you guys can't see it, but if you could, you'll notice it's highlighted in green and red, right? Green being positive, red being negative, and it really pops out to you when you go back through your notes, you can go, okay, there's the negative, wow, look at all the green, okay, that was, you know, it, it, it I don't know, it's just something that works for me, but in the red all day long, I had Jair Alexander, right? And then, lo and behold, the PFF grade comes out, and it was like 70.1. Not horrible, but you expect Jair to play to a higher level. 
Rudy Ford was Cheeks, man. I'm going to start calling him Cheeks Ford because it was bad. I mean, it was really bad. You guys know I love me some Rudy Ford, man. I absolutely love that guy. But if you see it, you got to say it. And at some point, you got to stop being a fanboy. And it's me talking to me. He played horrible. Let's hope he can rebound, right? And Savage stepped up. Matt, Coach LaFleur acknowledged it. Um, it, That's the other thing, too. If you guys go back, I'm going to play that locker room video again before we wrap up here um, because I just think it's really cool. I want you to look at Savage in the background standing on the locker, too. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That that won me over, you know. And you guys know I've been very critical of Savage because he played really well three years ago. Then the last couple years he's been horrible. And to see him come out and kind of play well, that was a lot of fun. And just, just to see his his reaction, how he's responding to the team, I'm kind of starting to get it now, like why they like him. You know, sometimes a guy's a locker room presence can play a big role in the team, you know. Granted, you got to do it on the field, but still, though, you know. Um, let's see here. I've kind of – the chat has kind of gotten away from me a little bit, but we got to wrap this thing up anyway. Can I bring one up real quick? Yeah, go ahead, man. We got our own Jake Shavink, uh saying safety and center are the overreaction needs already. And I was just going to say that as we part out of this podcast here, if I'm being honest, I'm looking at Rudy Ford. I'm looking at Mr. Myers. And unfortunately, uh, I, I just don't think A.J. Dillon is going to be on this team next year. And I don't know if that's a hot take, but this guy just doesn't seem like he understands what to do all now. I, I don't get it. It sucks, man. It sucks. I want him to rebound so bad, and I want him to get paid and stay in Green Bay. I love A.J. Dillon as a person, but everybody's noticing it too. It's not just you know yeah. me sitting here going, I don't know, he looks bad. Everybody I listen to, it just it was bad across the board. All, all the podcasters that I trust that watch film, it was horrible. They were just like, man, this guy looks like he has forgotten how to play football. And I don't say that trying to be overly critical, like, oh, I'm I could do better. Believe me, you kidding me, man? I'd pull a butt cheek walking out of the tunnel. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's it sucks because I want him to I want him to be that face of the franchise along with Jordan Love because they're so they're such good friends. And you know, when Aaron Jones does finally step away, you know, you kind of like the idea of AJ Dillon and Jordan Love, but man, you got to perform on the field. And he caught a screen pass there once, and it looked like he was stuck in the mud, man. It was just like. Oh, it sucks so bad, dude. It just – it does. It is. Um, but, yeah, Jake, I agree, man. Safety and center are, are the overreaction needs already, yeah. Um, and it, it's funny. Wasn't this where we were at last year going into the draft? <laughs> they didn't address any of them. So, I could see that being the case this year too, man. Um, let's see here. Let's see what Packer Up says. I didn't read it. Hopefully there's nothing inappropriate. I always get nervous with these, but I did see A.J. Dillon's name. Packer Up says, the only way Dillon – will still be here is if he turns it on when it gets cold and turns into the ground and pound brick crap house we need, man. He's where I think we're related, dude. I've, I've heard that term used in my house growing up so many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, cold weather, maybe that's when he'll shine, right? Those boys don't like to drop those pads and, and, and pop um, when it gets cold, man. That stuff hurts a little bit more. And that's when you need an A.J. Dillon, right? You need that four-wheel drive when the snow's falling at Lambeau. Um, which I can't tell you how excited I am. Is it week three we go to Lambeau? Check your schedule there, Jacob. Isn't that right? The Saints? Yep. Yeah, I'm excited about getting that first game at Lambeau, man. It's just going to be beautiful up there for sure. Tim, you going to that game? Uh, no, I won't be at the Saints game, uh, at least not yet. I don't have tickets unless the, the ticket fairy blesses me or something. But uh, uh, I will be at the uh, the following week, the uh, Lions game, Thursday night football. Gotcha. Hey, I got a bead on some tickets later in the year. A listener emailed me 
and said they give us a deal on it. Um, I need to find that email and get back to you on what game that is, but I, I'm probably not going to be able to make it up to Green Bay this year. So I'd rather one of you guys get them. But Mandy's saying the same thing, and she may surprise me, dude. That is, it, she's mentioned it like three times. I'm like, Mandy, listen, listen. I don't want it to. I don't want it to affect the post game show. I want to keep the momentum of what we got going here. And then what she'll do to force me to do stuff is she'll give me a gift. Look what I got you, and I can't say no. And then we'll be in Green Bay for seven days. We'll, <laughs> we'll be totally fine with me, but I'm trying to fight it. I'm trying to do what's best for the podcast right now. But if if anybody ever wants tickets for any game message me because i've got all my family lives there at any at pretty much every week i've got at least i don't know maybe 10 to 20 tickets that i know of people's that are trying to uh to either pawn them off or or sell them or whatever the case is so let me know beforehand because i i've got a lot of friends and family up there so look at eric sutherland Dude's out of control tonight. He said, I think, I think he's I think he's on the giggle bush tonight. He said, I, I'd trade Dylan, I'd trade Dylan Ford and Myers for Devon House and Jason Spriggs. I love it. I love <laughs> That's it. from the past right there. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, here we yeah. go. And we tell Devon he's going right to right to safety and not no corner. <laughs> no questions asked. Yeah. Matter of fact, when Aaron Rodgers heals up, let's bring him back to play safety. Oh, my gosh. Katie Real says, uh, is Aaron Jones playing this week? I think he is. Uh, based off everything I've heard, I don't think he's going to miss this week. Now, they may have him on a little bit of a pitch count, right, which they always do. Um, and uh, that's the other thing, too. A lot of people have been like kind of overly critical about them not using him as much and this and that. And, you know, guys, he's five foot nine, 200 pounds, right? Like, you've got to, you've got to be careful with overusing him. It's just a fact. I hate it. I would love to see him get 30 carries because I think he'd rush for 250 yards. But there is kind of a workload that comes into play. I mean, you see, he only had five carries in the first half, right, if I remember correctly, and he still pulled a hammy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and But, again, I can't get over that speed stat that you found, Jacob, that he was the second fastest player in the league. Did last you see that? Yeah, that is insane, dude. 21. Tyreek Hill, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, bro. People don't think he's on that level. He's on that level. Aaron Jones is an elite athlete. Yo. Yeah, I'm manually editing his speed on Madden and not. It's happening. I'm <laughs> the respect he deserves here. Uh, Dead Fish in the chat says, Dylan is a cold weather back. Let's see him in December. Absolutely. Um, yep. Completely agree there. Let's go. Let's rattle him off real quick. Shaw in the chat said, 13 wasn't perfect, but his release uh, was looking great. Nick, the realtor, did you guys talk about Aaron? I missed the first part of the pod. We sure did, Nick. If you'll go back, buddy, it's it's like the first thing we talked about. It'd be real easy to find. Um, as soon as we kicked off, we kind of kind of gave our thoughts on it and all that good stuff. Uh, I don't want to bore everyone with going through it again, but if you go to the just the very first of the of the pod of the show here on YouTube, you'll you'll be able to find it for sure, man. Um, let's see here. Um, pack her up. I feel like every year when it's hot, AJ struggles. It does seem like it takes a little bit of time to uh, turn it on. And uh, Nick, the realtor, I've got two tickets. Uh, that's awesome, dude. I'm probably going to take my 11 year old son. Otherwise, I'd offer my second one up, dude. Now, that's the memories there, man. I can only imagine 11 years old going to Lambeau Field with pops. Take, it don't get any better, man. Take your kid, trust me. I remember every single moment that I ever went to every single game with my dad and my grandpa, and they're, they're the best memories I have. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I was 11 when I went to my first game, I believe 11 or 12. Yeah. So yeah, do it. Eric Sutherland said Dylan four wheel drive one. 
Yeah. 1.5 <laughs> average, more like a bicycle with two flat tires. Man, y'all going in hard on my boy. Hold on, hold on. Let, let, I gotta say something now. Okay, <laughs> here, here. Now I got. I, I, I didn't say anything. All right, AJ Dillon. <laughs> AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon has had issues with what? Clayton, you you touched on this a few minutes ago, keeping his pad level low. And when he gets his pad level low, he can be effective running the football. When he doesn't have his pad level low, it's kind of a nightmare. Uh, He not only rambled, but he rumbled and stumbled. That's what happens when he doesn't keep that pad level low. Go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, he's just too doggone big not to, you know. You generate that power from those quads and that that strong body that you have. It's it's it seems to me like it's just some of these mechanics related kind of things that, you know, I don't know. I don't know why that because he seems to be doing it in practice. We've seen it in camp and in the preseason. We saw him working on this, but then it's like it doesn't translate to the field during the game. And that's just a concern of mine. And I, I would agree too. He's definitely a cold weather back, but unfortunately, you know, we got 17 games of football to play and a lot of them are in domes and a lot of them aren't necessarily going to be in the cold. So it'd be nice to get a little bit more out of him, but I'm, I'm not going to be as hard as some, some of these other guys are, are willing to be on him. But uh, I don't know. You want to, you just want to root for the best for your guys. You know, we want to see AJ, play to his potential because we know what he can do we've seen it so we just we just want to see it consistently definitely our showers in the chat said what's the over under on eddie lacy's current weight listen our showers there's going to be no body shaming here nobody shaming in here buddy i'll tell you what i gotta i gotta give you one of these i'm sorry get it together showers get it together bub Oh, playing that game. Let's see here. All right. We got a couple more super chats. We're going to wrap this thing up. We got United Bates says, random shout out to Reggie White and Leroy Butler. Birth of the Lambeau Leap. I'm from the Philly area and became a Pack fan because of Reggie. Great show, fellas. Hey, that is awesome that you followed Reggie to Green Bay. That's really cool. Reggie obviously went to the University of Tennessee. That's about yeah. – um, it wasn't at the time I was living in Kentucky, but now where I'm living, I'm just about an hour and a half away from uh, from UT. And I know he still has an impact down here in the Knoxville area in Northeast Tennessee. Just an amazing man. And again, United Bates, man, thank you so much for the uh, the super chat, buddy. You support the stream. We appreciate it, man, for sure. Uh, see, we got Josh Myers again. If we're six and, and thank you for the super chat, Josh. He said Martin, six, not Josh Myers. <laughs> Josh Martin, sorry. Josh Myers is in the chat. <laughs> I got something to say. Let me pay $5. Y'all talking oh, about <laughs> Josh Myers, my bad man. Like, y'all y'all talking about me. That's why, we, <laughs> that's why we got co-hosts, boys. They got to clean this mess up for me. Josh Martin in the chat said, "If we're six and one, five and two at the trade deadline, would you make a trade for Buda Baker? What mm. do you think it would take to get him?" That's a great question. I think it all depends on whether Buda Baker and the Arizona Cardinals are are you know playing to win this year or not. Right? Uh, did they win Week One? Am I thinking right? Did they pull that off, or did they end up losing that game? I can't remember. I should I shouldn't ask a question I don't know the answer to, but somebody look that up for me. Find out if the Cardinals won. Look at Jacob over look like Michael Myers. Look at him with light flickering on him. I love it. Anytime he goes to a website, it slows down like he's on uh, America Online or something, dude. A little AOL action over there. You can hear the modem firing up. Rocking yeah. AOL. She said Murph got a good laugh out of me calling him Josh Myers for sure. Appreciate that, Murph. Thanks for laughing with me, not at me, right, bro? 
Uh, Brandy, no, no, no. Brandy beat you to it. She said they lost. They beat lost. Brandy. They just beat them 20 to 16. <laughs> yeah, so Buda Baker, how old is he? Do we know that? I'm just firing away questions. Now, y'all working for me. Look at this. <laughs> Buda Baker, I, I want to say he's uh, 24, 25. Is he really? Okay. I think I would be okay with that. You know, he's kind of the heart and soul of that, that Cardinals team. Um, he's definitely their emotional leader. Um, so I don't know if they'd be willing to part ways with him or not. But I think it's very interesting, you know, interesting thought there for sure. Um, look at Jake Shavink in the chat. Do you know who else is a cold weather back? Braylon Allen. You guys, I swear. Unbelievable. <laughs> but, again, I want to thank uh, United Base and Josh. Thank you all for the super chat. But, all right, y'all ready to wrap this thing up? Yeah, I, I like Jake's comment. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, address this uh, running back issue in the draft next year, right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, great <laughs> list of safeties in the draft. No need to trade away top picks. Think yep. about it too. With Buda Baker, he's going to cost top dollar probably. He's probably going to be a top ten, you know, salary cap hit safety position. If you build through the draft, going to be a lot cheaper approach, especially if you uh, somehow can grab one in the second round. I I know a lot of people weren't impressed with the uh, the Brian Branch interception there. I think that was he plays for Detroit, right? Am I thinking right? Brian Branch didn't he get drafted by Detroit? Right. He had that interception the other night on Pat Mahomes. I know it was a tip pass, but still, I'm sure Jake was thinking the same thing. When he picked it off, I went, I told you, boys, Brian Branch. I'm just saying. <laughs> it was a stud. That's That was kind of the guy I was hoping we would draft there in the first round. Granted, I understand the hesitation simply because, uh, you know, you've got a – he's kind of that tweener, right? Some people look at him as a corner. Some people look at him as a safety. United Bates uh, confirms he is 27 years old. I'm assuming that's uh, what he was talking about. So, Buda Baker being 27, um, you get, what, three good years out of him, two years two years if you traded for him. But I think I'm on, on board with Jake, though. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, not worth not worth giving up a pick, right? Yeah. And these guys exactly. are going hard on me in the chat. Yeah, Eric Sutherland said, Jacob's still on the neighbor's Dollar Tree internet. I'll find you, <laughs> you sure Eric. about that? You sure? You sure about that? Nick, come on, Nick. Well, is Nick getting in on it, too? Oh, yeah, Nick's getting what Nick say? Oh, don't don't even bring it up. <laughs> Hold on, I like I like what Brandy said. Let's bring back uh, Micah Hyde. Yeah, I'm not bringing that up, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandy said, uh, watching Micah Hyde play for another team is killing me. Yeah, that's one that got away. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like when they let him go, I was going, "What are you doing?" But it's like one or two years later, I'm going, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it works, but yeah, that sucks, man, for sure. Yeah, Jake confirms uh, Branch is excellent. He, he, I think he's just he's just a football player, man. He's just one of those guys that he's going to be successful. He's going to have a successful year. Um, but again, man, I I did like our draft. I love Lucas Van Ness. I absolutely love Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave was catching some strays today, man. Talking about you know him and and his ball tracking ability and everything. I seen that totally different. I didn't get in the middle of the argument, but also uh, um, what's our guy Fennel? What's his first name on Twitter? Ben, ben Fennel. Does a great job breaking down tape. He was very impressed with Luke Musgrave. I'm telling you, watch. Luke Musgrave is going to have a good year, man. There's no doubt about it. He was basically saying he was one of the best tight ends in the league this week, right? Now, granted, they were playing against a dookie defense, but what was you going to say, Jake? No, Luke Musgrave did have – he he people, um, and myself included, I, I judged him because, he, like I said, he looked like a, a giraffe, just newborn giraffe out there trying to get his legs under him. But – um. The guy's just he's he's very fast, he's very physical, he just needs to learn how to be more flow, just 
go with the flow, man. Learn how to catch the ball, stride, turn up field. He just got a little bit excited, I think. And on that, um, I mean, on that, on that play that though, that love almost underthrew him. I mean, look at what happened on that play. They fumbled the snap. It was a miracle that it even happened. People saying he should have scored. He should have been able to. He got us like freaking thirty yards, guys. Just chill. And and he was fine. Okay, he caught the ball. I've noticed that when when that stuff happens, the people that I love doing this, this is just something I like doing. The people that that are blaming Luke Musgrave, right? I immediately go to their Twitter and just comb back a few posts, and I'm like, yeah, this dude defends Jordan Love to the end, right? So it's that was a perfect pass by Jordan Love. Luke Musgrave did, you know, it was everything against Luke Musgrave and vice versa too. Um, I wasn't as impressed with Jordan Love's performance as most, but. When you look at the stat line, he protected the football. It's exactly what we talked about. It's what Coach LaFleur talked about, staying plus two. And that's a hostile environment. Granted, it was a bad team, but he – the thing I liked about him was when you needed to play on third down, Tim, when you needed to play on third down, that's when he looked the most calm. The touchdown pass to Romeo Dobbs, stepping up in the pocket, climbing the pocket, delivering that with a quick flick. I don't know if you guys seen on Chalk Talk how he kind of – Torqued his torso, looked just like Aaron Rodgers throwing that football, which is just phenomenal. Um, so uh, I don't think he had as good a game as some people would lead you to believe. But man, it's hard to argue with the results. Um, I'm excited to see him grow on that. And there's, I guess, what I'm saying is when they go and watch the tape, and they probably already watched it, probably watched it probably today or Monday. Um, I guarantee you, there's plenty to build off of, right? There's plenty to work on, uh, plenty of stuff as McCarthy used to say, clean up, right? But uh, I'm happy with it, man. I think he's, uh, I think he's exactly what we need to lead this team right now for sure. So cooler um, than a polar bear's toenails. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, the hey, that's what you so- want with a first-year starter, guys. Right? Cool, under cool and calm, collected under pressure, not easily phased. Jordan Love does not strike me as the type of guy that, even on the off chance that he does have an imperfect pocket one of these days and takes a hit, I don't think it's going to phase him. You know, you can look back at some of the all-time greats. I mean, even Brady. Man, all you had to do was hit Brady a few times, man, and you could really get him flustered and frustrated. I don't think Jordan Love is cut from that cloth. I think he's uh, he's got kind of that Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality, and then he's also very, very focused and very calm uh, under duress, which I'm sure he got a lot of in those couple years, uh, you know, understudy to Aaron Rodgers, because that's Aaron Rodgers too, cool and calm under pressure. So Jay Love is going to do nothing but uh, bring excitement for years to come for us, and it's exciting. And I, I love having Clayton's analysis uh, to bring us all back down to earth too, because there are things that we need to clean up and he's got to work on. And we as fans all need to be aware of that too. You know, we tend to have the rose color, colored glasses on a lot. And sometimes you got to see where there's things that can be approved. So uh, I'm just excited to watch him grow and watch this young team grow, man. Yeah, definitely. United Bates in the chat said he was awkward, but catching it was really the only thing that mattered. The rest will come with reps. I completely agree. Um, and then Eric Sutherland, um, no, it wasn't Eric Sutherland. There was someone else that said something. They made a comment about it. Yeah, right here. Um, Doug Pointer in the chat said the guys screaming at nine for dropping the first pass or giving 88 a hard time for catching it. Yeah. Um, it, you know, the separation, it, it was it, it was almost like that one play, he was so wide open and Jordan just kind of chucked it off the back foot, you know, just threw it up there. It, they, you know, they pretend like Luke Musgrave just stopped running for no reason. You know, when you see your quarterback scrambling, what do you do? You stop and you run the scramble. Oh, wow. and come back, right? 
yep. find the ball. So the ball was already in the air right as he tried to find it, and it made things awkward. The, the thing that I was screaming, and, and don't I, judge me, I, but I'm just being honest, when, when the camera zoomed in on him and he kind of raised up and was like, I made that way harder than it needed to be. The first thing I thought was, shave your mustache, man. That thing looks creepy, bro. Like, his mustache looks so creepy. The first I think thing he I was screamed. generally just shocked at how freaking wide open he was. And he had to just kind of take a minute. Like, oh, my God, there's nobody near me. Yeah, that looked a little awkward. Definitely. It looked like Joe me trying to, dance, trying to dance at a school dance with a girl or something. You know, awkward. Yeah, dude. I, Mandy swears up and down. I can dance. I don't oh feel like God. I can dance. I, I, when that music starts, bro, I disappear. She's always like, "Where did you go? You know where I went? I went and hid in the damn parking lot. I don't want no part of that dance." <laughs> Kidding me? I told you I'm 123 percent Caucasian. There is no rhythm whatsoever. When it comes to me. Um, Joe RX in the uh, with the super chat. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for supporting the stream. He said, "Y'all think more NFL teams will adopt the Packers quarterback blueprint?" Um, think about some of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, right? Uh, one that comes to mind is Pat Mahomes. You know, they had Alex Smith. Alex Smith was an MVP candidate the year before, right? So the best time to draft a quarterback is when you don't need one. And the teams that don't want to accept or realize that constantly struggle and chase quarterbacks, you know? That's what you see. Um, I think it's definitely the Green Bay way. And, and a little history lesson before we wrap up here because it's important. You know, this this whole thing kind of comes from the West Coast, the Bill Walsh school of thought, right? What did Bill Walsh do? I mean, think about how he approached the quarterback position, right? And all these people are kind of – all these coaches, you know, your Matt LaFleur's, your Kyle Shanahan's, which we know Kyle has all kinds of say in the personnel out there in San Francisco um, as far as drafting and signing and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, Bill Walsh, he got criticized because he traded for Steve Young when he had Joe Montana. It's worked out, didn't it? Got him, got him another ring as an organization. Got him another Hall of Fame quarterback, and then of course that line of thinking comes to Green Bay. They had Don Mikowski, guys. It was a fan favorite. Some people considered him an MVP candidate, Magic Man, right? They went and traded a second or a first round pick for a second a second round quarterback that was uh, thirty pounds overweight. You know, drinking <laughs> drinking cheap beer and eating crawfish in Mississippi, right? He comes up here and. You know, next thing you know, he's back to back to back MVPs and wins them a Super Bowl. Um, and then, of course, Aaron Rodgers, same thing. So with this whole Jordan Love approach, I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to pretend like he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I hope he is. But that's definitely their approach. And that's kind of that West Coast, uh, you know, approach to building uh, building the quarterback room for sure. Kyle Shanahan, look at look at him right now. Right. Comes from that same coaching tree. What did he do? You know, they they go in, they go in there and they got Jimmy G, right? They signed Jimmy G. What they do? They draft Trey Lance, okay? They had a good quarterback. Hell, they traded a second-round pick for Jimmy G, if I remember correctly, from New England. While they traded that second-round pick, they go and draft Trey Lance, and everybody likes to bash them for the, the missed pick on Trey Lance. What they do? They drafted Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, and he ends up being the guy. That's why you never stop looking. The best time to draft a quarterback at any, any spot in the draft is when you already have a quarterback because they have a chance to sit back, learn, not be rushed in and not have their confidence take a take a huge hit. So, yeah, Joe RX, I think it would be wise for more teams to do that, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do um, do kind of take that approach. That's the thing with Justin Fields that's really put the Bears in a bad spot. They had the number one overall pick, right? Uh, 
You know, <laughs> now some people would say Bryce Young wasn't worth the, the number one overall. I personally think he is. I and mean, he played like Cheeks last week, but I think he's going to be good. I do. He's going to take some lumps. That's a bad, bad, bad Carolina Panthers football team. It is. Um, that's the other thing, too, that gives me hope about the Falcons game is when I watched Carolina, they played horrible. I mean, they played horrible. And the score, it was a lot closer than the score suggests because they scored again there in the fourth quarter and kind of put it away. But, again, you can't overlook any opponent. But, yeah, thank you so much for the super chat, Joe. We appreciate it, bub, uh, for sure. All right, let's get this thing wrapped up. We're at the 123 mark. You got anything else, Jacob? No, nah, man. I, nah, I'm good. Oh, I will say, though, if you guys are wanting more Packers content after this, it looks like that uh, Mr. Ryan Schlipp, Jake Chavank, and J.J. Leahy went live. If you guys want more Packers content, go go check out their stream, too. Yeah, do go hop over there for sure. Packernet for, uh, derailed, I believe. Yeah, search Packernet derailed. Yeah. And uh, and you can look for Ryan's uh, – I can't remember what his YouTube channel is. I'm subscribed to it. I always get notifications. I'll see if I can find it real quick. Um I wish there was a way I could share it in here, but it's going to tell them what would happen to the stream. But, yeah, go check them out for sure. And that also reminds me, too, I want to put this up here real quick. If you're watching on YouTube and you're going, who are these knuckleheads? I kind of like them. Um, You can scan this QR code in the upper right, and that will send you to Packernet Podcast. That's where you'll find this in podcast form, right? And then you can also find uh, uh, Ryan Slip's Packernet flagship Packernet Podcast. Most of the time he has a daily podcast. He also has Packernet After Dark. That's a call-in show where people can call in, leave voicemails, and kind of keeps his pulse on Packer fans and, and their opinions. And then, of course, you've got uh, the Packernet Derailed, which is live right now on their YouTube channel. You've got Jake Shavink, who was in the chat tonight. Uh, phenomenal. It's always draft season podcast. Um, really, the way I look at that podcast, it's a college football podcast by a Packer fan and kind of goes hand-in-hand with the Packers approach to building in the draft. It's really, really fun. I'm going to have Jake back on the show uh, real soon too. So we can do a little, little college football breakdown. I, I, I personally like college ball, man, especially with the Notre Dame Biden Irish doing so well right now. And they're lighting it up with Sam Hartman. Of course they should. He's 43 years old playing college, college quarterback. But anyway, send that QR code that'll send you to that. We're going to get out of here. I want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys were absolutely awesome. Y'all brought the thunder tonight. Um, I want to give a special shout out to all of the super chats: Josh Martin, uh, United Bates, Mike Hebring, uh, Godsmack, Ian, um, all you guys supporting the stream. Joe RX, we really, really appreciate it, but we don't take it lightly. And also, shout out to all the YouTube members. I'm still in the process of trying to find Iheezy three four zero. So if you hear this tonight, Iheezy. Um, Make sure you shoot me an email, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com, because you won the autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey. And like I said, we got to go through a two- or three-step process to confirm um, that it's actually you. We're not going to let anybody steal that. Now, if for some reason iheasy340 doesn't come forward, I'm going to have to set a deadline, and we can either spin the wheel again. I think that'd probably be the best thing to do, or we can give it to the second-place winner that won the autograph or won the Aaron Rodgers jersey patch. We could go that route too, Jacob. But, again, I would much rather give it to iheasy340. So when you see this, man, shoot me an email, all right? So we can uh, get you your uh, your jersey there. We really appreciate it. And again, for all the YouTube members, um, you're going to be entered into the next drawing that'll come up here in a couple of weeks for the autographed John Coon jersey. Go ahead, Jacob. What was that? No, I was going to say I waited to see if if a uh, guy would you know hit us back because I thought you know worst case scenario we could maybe give the Aaron Rodgers game worn jersey. I still have it. It's a piece of a, a game worn belt I believe that he wore in 2011. So, uh, what's the guy's name? First place winner. 
first place winner is Iheezy340. But the oh, winner is- hit us up. If not, otherwise, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna send this out to. Wasn't it John? Yeah, John Baker. Yeah, John Baker's going Iheezy. I hope you don't say a I word. <laughs> Maybe I'll just send it to John no matter what, and then we'll, we'll do it. Absolutely. Tim, buddy, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for hanging out with us. So, again, thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks for the super chats. And for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go back up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Try to run this way in the alley.